Soul Talk Podcast is your guide to all things wellness. Join me, your host Carla, as I take you through the many topics and questions that we need to be asking ourselves to improve our health and lifestyles. From food for medicine to women's health hormones and understanding our menstrual cycles, let's get the conversation started today. It begins with us. Welcome to episode 16 of Soul Talk Podcast. This episode is with a lovely lady called Ashley. Ashley is the owner and founder of Mala Collective. Mala Collective is a brand that produces meditation cushions and beads. And Ashley is a meditation facilitator and coach. And um, she is amazing. It was great to have her on to talk about meditation, the benefits, finding your creativity and all of the other work that she does. So um, thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on and thank you all so much for being here to listen. Have a wee listen now and if there's any questions or anything, please get in touch. Okay, so hi, Ashley, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, I know we've already had like a little chat before we hit record there, um, but um, safe to say we're both really excited about this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. I'm so no, grateful. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Um, as I said to you, I think like um, it was meant to be just that we had connected um, because you're coming on today to talk about meditation and um, the work that you do with your coaching and your clients and um, more so the uh, creativity side of your work and how you can help bring the creativity out in people and help people to unlock their creative potential and stuff and I know you do a lot of that work from a business perspective and as well from a spiritual kind of self-development perspective but as you'd said before it really does all tie in doesn't it so tell me a wee bit about about you and what you do and everything yeah so I, oh, this is, that's always such a big question. Where do I start? <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about my business because that's a big part of my life. And it's a big part of who I am. Um, I own a business called Mala Collective. We make products to help people in their meditation practice. So like mala beads, meditation cushions and crystals. But I started that 10 years ago. Um, I used to be a journalist before. I used to cover murder trials. So it was the wow. very opposite version of life. Um, and this business started completely by accident. It, it started just through serendipity. So at the time, my partner and I were going through this quarter life crisis and trying to figure out our purpose. And, you know, we all, we all have some of those moments in our life where we're oh, yeah. unsure and seeking. And we ended up in Bali. And I mean, Bali is a beautiful place to end up when we're asking those questions of ourselves. And we fell in love with these mala beads. Uh, so if you don't know what mala beads are, it's a string of beads that you use in your meditation practice uh, to, to hold your focus and hold your, in, your attention and intention. So we buy all these mala beads, we fall in love with them, and we're flying from Bali to Thailand. And the lady comes up to us at the plane and says, oh, I love your aura. Can I sit with you? And it turns out she's the woman who made the beads that we had fallen, fallen in love with. Wow. So it was just completely serendipitous. We started working with her 10 years ago. So it started from just this meeting on a plane with this beautiful hippie lady and you know we we kind of leaned into this world of meditation and i mean 10 years ago meditation wasn't as cool or as talked about as it is now and same with entrepreneurship i didn't know anybody who owned a business so it was a really interesting pivot of life to go from 
this structured job that I had gone to university for, to dive into this world that's completely unknown, requires a lot of creativity. There's no boundaries. There's no script on what to do or how to do it. Um, it's been the most beautiful adventure. And so now, 10 years in, I mean, a lot of stuff's happened in that 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now I work with women and men around mindfulness, meditation, around overcoming limiting beliefs. How do we step into our potential? I truly believe that we all have this potential within ourselves that we really want and believe that we can step into, but maybe we don't know how, maybe we don't know how to unlock it. Maybe we don't believe that we are worthy of that potential, whatever it is. I've been on such a journey and I've received so much beautiful coaching and had so many wonderful mentors that now I'm I'm really loving this process and experience of being able to share and uplift others. So that's a very long answer to your question, <laughs> uh, but that's that's the overview. <laughs> Sounds great. And um, wow, first of all, like my jaw dropped when you said about that you used to cover like murder stories and stuff. Amazing. Do you? Yeah. Um, so you don't miss that line of work at all then? I miss I miss journalism, but I. You know, what I loved about it was being able to meet different people all the time and have really beautiful conversations. But I get to do that now in my in my business. I get to teach meditations. I get to coach people. And what's beautiful about now is, and you've probably noticed this, the conversations just are a little bit more open, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more, there's more depth quicker. The vulnerability is there and the empathy is there. And I just love being able to dive into a depth of conversation with people. I don't miss murder trials. I don't miss uh, sitting in front of a computer in a newsroom, but there's there's parts of it that I, I deeply miss, but I still would choose this any day of the week. <laughs> I choose mindfulness over over that past version of myself anytime. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's growth, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the, the author, um, Julia Cameron, she actually talks about... Um, that we're all like inner creative beings and and artists and um that basically we choose these jobs and these careers and these roles in our lives that um in some way show that inner part of ourselves that we're not even aware of ourselves so you for example with the journalism and the storytelling and stuff that was probably your inner artist trying to come out mm-hmm. and now the work that you do you know it's it's a lot more probably meaningful and, and powerful in that mm-hmm. way um yeah. so yeah that's that's really nice that's lovely yeah, thank you. we love we do love <laughs> I have to say like I know that's not why we're on what we're on to talk about but we do love a good murder mystery like yeah. <laughs> documentary so fab we'll talk about that another time um <laughs> But but yeah, no, that sounds class. And um the the mala, um tell me a wee bit more about that. So um you have a lot of products, so it's it's very much product-based, but then mm. as well as that, you do a lot of um coaching and, and one-to-one and 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 that sort of thing. And um tell me a wee bit about the work that you do with people specifically one-to-one so I know you touched on it but typically why do people come to you Mm. I think that's a really great question everybody has a different reason and what I think is really interesting is you know maybe they'll hear me on a podcast maybe they'll um, see the business and be curious about it but everybody has their own why when they reach out so 
one gentleman reached out because his daughters were listening to a podcast I was on and he said, I don't know what it is I need, but I think that I need to talk to you. <laughs> and, and we, we walked through vision and purpose and values with other women, you know, with some women I work with them on, how do we step into the feminine side of ourselves If we feel like we're go, go, go. And it's really masculine energy. How do we drop into this more feminine intuitive side uh, with other people? It's around goals and vision. So I think the, the base is a lot of people know, actually I'll reframe that. I think a lot of people don't know what they want. They just know they don't have it yet. They're in this place of like, I don't know what it is that's missing, but something's missing. And I find that with a lot of people who have found a lot of success, maybe they've, you know, spent 10, 15 years building a business and they have these tangible things that they would have defined as success uh, when they started. So money, a house, family, like all these things that you visualize as having made it. And then they get to this point and they're like, there's something missing, but I don't know what it is. And I, I believe it's a, a version of self-connection. So however people frame that when they reach out to me, I think everybody is seeking a connection to self, an alignment with self. So that can start with what are my values? What do I value? And, and the reason we start with values is that's how we define ourselves. That's how we make decisions. That becomes our framework in, in how we spend our time and who we spend our time with. And then that helps us define what success is. So I, what I notice is a lot of people also come to me because they they don't have a clear vision of what they want or their why or their purpose. And I mean, I think that is a really important thing to be clear on is what are we working towards? How do we want to feel? Why do we want to feel that way? And again, everybody frames it differently, but it is such a beautiful process. I think that everybody knows deep down within themselves in some level what they want and who they want to be and how they want to feel, but maybe they're embarrassed to say it or they're scared to say it or whatever, whatever it is, maybe someone laughed at them for, or they feel like, Oh, I'll never achieve that. So I can't even say it out loud or whatever. Actually a big block is the how, how do we get there? And I think a lot of people get stuck in that how versus leaning into the why. So when I work with people, it's, it's just lovingly teasing out these questions. I mean, I think that journalism probably helped me a lot with that, being able to ask questions and then simply reflect it back. So repeating back to you what you're saying, because when we hear it from somebody else, it just lands a little bit differently. So one girl I was coaching, I asked her her version of success was, I let her go through it and then I repeated it back to her and she's like, oh my gosh, that's not my version of success. But sometimes we have to say it and then hear it back and it is such a beautiful process to hear, you know, from session one to like session six or 10 or eight, you know, hearing how people speak about themselves yeah. the later in the sessions that we get, how much more clear they are in their life, what their values are, their language shifts, their self-compassion shifts. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And it's, I'm, I'm in awe and I'm so honored that I get to do that because um, I've had incredibly profound experiences with coaches I've worked with. And I think it's, Simply you find someone to lovingly mirror yourself back to you. That's all coaching is. I'm not here to tell you what's right and what's wrong. I'll never give advice. I'll simply ask in, in different ways mm -hmm. and then allow you to get there because who am I to tell you what's right and what's wrong? So it's, it's quite a journey. It's really, really cool to be a part of someone's uh, process of diving into themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what, um, I mean, I don't know if maybe you want to answer this or not, but 
what what have been some of the maybe biggest discoveries that you've helped people see mm. or achieve or um you know because like I'm sure mm. a lot of it is very like as you say either unknown to the person or very obviously there in their faces but they just can't see it what have yeah. some of those things been oh that's yeah that's beautiful okay one one of the women that I work with this has been such a cool journey of realizing oh my life is actually quite incredible and I think sometimes people will come to me in this feeling of lack like I haven't achieved my goals. I want to be here. I can't, I'm not here yet. And this realization, oh, what I have is actually incredible. And I really love my life. And how, how wild that, you know, we need some, well, we don't need, but the idea of paying someone to hold space for you to realize that versus continuing to live this life, feeling like we're not happy or we haven't attained this thing that we're chasing it's such a gift to, to hear her talk about, actually, my life is beautiful. Hey, actually, I love this, this, this about what I'm doing. I love my body. I love my kids. I love my home. That was, that was quite profound. Another woman realizing, actually, this was a really beautiful journey, being able to close energetically the relationship with her father who had passed away and being able to do ritual around forgiveness and around letting go and releasing and stepping into how she would parent her children and just beautiful processes and rituals and reflections around, oh, that's what I was holding on to. Oh, I didn't even realize when she, when she came to me, that was not what she came to me for. And then through all of these different sessions, we got to this point and that was the center of everything. But she didn't know that and I didn't know that. So it's really beautiful to see people go through this discovery process somebody else was working around how to frame their business and by the end of our sessions it was oh yeah I know now I know what I, I know what I want now yeah. so it's uncovering I think just clarity and seeking clarity and watching people go through this clarifying process um, and that experience I'm always surprised how how little clarity people have on their life and I don't mean that as a dig or an insult. I think that we're so caught up in our day-to-day -day and we're so busy that we're just in survival mode most of the time, you know? And the last year and a half has been really wild for a lot of people that we're just trying to get through. But it's it's connecting back to why am I doing what I'm doing? How do I want to feel? What is happiness? Versus I don't know what I want. I just don't have it yet. Because that's a an interesting way to live I don't think that's a good version of life is I don't have it yet but I don't know what it is I'm chasing yeah. that's a, a lot of lack and scarcity mentality so I think um bringing people back to clarity of oh my life is actually quite fantastic and it's easy to get where I want yeah that's the thing like it usually is never the answer usually never is oh okay this is the thing I don't have so I'll go get it it's usually yeah. oh I already had it Yes. You know, and um, yeah. I think that's such a big thing with humans. Naturally, uh, we just want more and more and more and more. And we're just constantly chasing and chasing. And, you know, what's yeah. the next thing? Um, 
I, a, a big, one of my big things at the moment is, um, you know, people think as a yoga teacher, you've got your shit together. That is so not the case, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you have, like, as someone who yeah. does a lot of work with meditation and life coaching, um, you know, you're also only human, so you can't be perfect and feel great all the time. Um, and I think finding your purpose and, and, and and growing and growth and and you know always chasing the next thing is just so normal for us um mm. and one of my big issues at the minute um actually for years has been right what am I going to do next what am I going to do next and I'm always looking for the next course and I'm always looking for you know okay well am I doing enough of this and do I post enough on my social media and am I doing this and am I helping and it, it's just it is so exhausting it is yeah. exhausting. Like, yeah. wow. So I've started yeah. going to uh, cacao ceremonies with um, mm. Emma Lowe. Uh, she's essential nature, uh, essential yoga nature. I think I'll put it in the notes um, on Instagram. And uh, she's great. She does these cacao ceremonies. And um Basically, as you say, it's just, it's holding space for someone to just talk things out and realize stuff themselves. And someone actually, obviously confidentially, um, so I'll not say no names, but someone had shared an experience and it was um, that they were looking for uh, freedom and um, to to complete stuff and and to get you know direction and how to go about that and over the course of going to those cacao ceremonies they'd realize that um they already have the freedom and they don't have to complete the jigsaw puzzle and they don't have to have an end to everything and that life can just flow naturally and that was like mm. his big kind of realization and it was like mm. right there in front of him you know so um I'm sure you see a lot of that all the time. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it can feel so obvious. And when we've reached it, like, oh my goodness, I had this the whole time within me already. Mm. But nobody, you know, someone just telling us that isn't enough. We have to feel it and experience it and get through all those blocks and layers to get there. And it, it is always very simple. In the end, it's always a very simple realization, uh, which I also think is so beautiful. It's so yeah. simple, it is. but I mean, we, we have a lot of stuff we got to work through to get there. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of stories. We have a lot of blocks. Um, yeah. So I think um, it would be lovely to talk about uh, the meditation and the, the mm -hmm. meditation work that firstly that you do and also why you do it why it's so important and um I know that you'd mentioned before that um you are much like myself not so much caught up on the sciencey side of it but mostly caught up on the what it actually means for you side of it mm. um but what what would you say about meditation and the kind of work that you do and and kind of why it is so important and what it means yeah. I mean, I'll start by touching on what you shared earlier, saying people assume yoga teachers have their stuff together. I'm also not perfect. I meditate and I love it and I experience the benefits of it. But I don't do it 
every single day at the exact same time. I have a really good morning routine. I have a good nighttime routine, but I'm human and stuff happens. So I always try to preface it with that because people immediately think, oh my goodness, I'm going to do it wrong. Like that's, that's always the first thing people think about meditation. When I tell them what I do, it's, I tried it once and I was terrible at it, or I know I should. And the word should, I know I should, and I need to, to be better, but I'm just really bad at it. And it's just so much self-judgment immediately off the bat when I tell people what I do. And I teach a lot of type A successful entrepreneurs. So they're very much, what's the ROI on meditation? Why would I do it? Uh, what's the return? When do I start feeling the effects of it? And I always find those questions so funny um, because much like yoga, a lot of people will go to yoga for the workout and then realize, oh, it's actually so grounding and it's about self-connection and whatever, whatever it turns into for you. Uh, but with meditation, you know, for me, my practice is always changing. I'm in New York right now. I'm really loving walking meditation. So every morning I'll walk for maybe an hour or so and listen to a walking guided meditation. When I'm back in Vancouver in Canada, where I'm from, I have a meditation space in my apartment and I like to sit on my cushion and use my mala beads. So the mala is like a tool to walk you through your breaths. There's so many versions of meditation. I like sound bath meditations. I like whatever. There's, there's no wrong way to meditate. But when I'm teaching people and they're asking, what are the benefits? How do I, how do I start to notice what I'm doing? And we get so caught up asking questions to frame it if we're doing it right. One of my teachers said to me, once you've meditated every day for 200 days, then you can figure out if you're doing it right. Because it's it's creating the habit, it's building the experience and coming back to your body. But we think that we are, we think that we're asking questions to make sure we're doing it right, but really it's a form of avoidance. How do I sit? What time should I do it? Do I do it for one minute or do I do it for three minutes? Is my back supposed to be like this? How about my legs? And I mean, those are all valid questions, but at some point it's just doing it. At some point you're just doing it. You can sit in a chair, you can sit in your bed, whatever. It's, it's just showing up for yourself. And when I do talk to entrepreneurs or anybody about what meditation does for us, it all comes back to we're taking time to reconnect with ourselves, And that can feel untangible. That can sound maybe a bit woo-woo. But when we start to unpack that, we have so many thoughts. We're so busy. Meditation is just this moment that we can reconnect to ourselves. One of my teachers explained it. Actually, Deepak Chopra talks about it as finding the space between our thoughts. And I remember thinking, like, what does that mean? What is that, the space between our thoughts? So one of my teachers drew a wheel. So if you look, if you think about a bicycle wheel and all these spokes on a wheel and the center of the wheel is your focal point. So your focal point can be your mantra, mantra being a word or a phrase or a sound. I love affirmation-based mantras. So like, I am love, I am grounded, I am supported. So you could focus on your mantra. You can focus on your breath or you can focus on your mala, that thing that we make, that jewelry. The malas have been around for thousands of years in, in Hinduism and Buddhism. So your focal point. Then your mind wanders like all the spokes on the bike wheel. The idea of meditation is not to have no thoughts. The idea of meditation is maybe you have 200 thoughts today. Maybe it's 180 tomorrow. Maybe it's 175 the next day. Maybe it's 230 the day after because you've had a crazy day. But when we create a little bit of space between those thoughts, we can drop into our body and we can have those aha moments. So you know those aha moments when you're in the shower or when you're driving or when you're washing the dishes, doing something repetitive that you do over and over again. You're like, oh yeah, I have to call this person back. Oh, I should try this. Or just these moments of realization. We're creating space in ourselves 
to allow those thoughts and realizations to drop in. So if you want to call that intuition, if you want to call that connection to the universe, connection to spirit, connection to yourself, whatever language feels good for you, frame it that way. But when we, we create that spaciousness, we are learning to trust ourselves. We are creating a connection to ourselves. I, w- during COVID, I took an intuition training along with other, I took a ton of trainings during COVID. I went through a couple different meditation teacher trainings, intuition training. This idea of intuition, I find so beautiful. I mean, I so believe in it. We all have intuition, but we don't trust it. We don't listen to it. We don't follow it. When I tell that story about how I started my business, I always get the response, oh, I wish something like that would happen to me. And I understand that comment, but there's people that we meet every single day that can change our lives and we can change theirs. But we often go back to, oh, it's too good to be true. I could never, I don't know how to do that. So I can't do it. There's this trust and this flow that develops. The more that we practice, that we start to trust ourselves. We trust those gut feelings. We trust those downloads. We trust those thoughts, those visions, those voices that maybe we'd be like, oh, there's no way. But we've all had that feeling. I knew I should have gone left. I knew I shouldn't have trusted her. I knew that was the right way. Like these feelings later in hindsight. And I truly believe that that is our intuition speaking to us. And the more that we meditate, the more that we fall into that space, drop into that space within ourselves, the more we start to trust ourselves, and we learn to listen to that voice. And that can result in so much, so much beauty in our life. It results in trusting ourselves. You know, when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, trusting those big visions or those next steps, those next ideas, we need to create that spaciousness within ourselves to allow vision to come through so we can lead. Or maybe in relationship, if something's not working and we're pushing it down, I always think of our emotions. It's like this beach ball we're trying to shove underwater. It's always going to pop back up. The more we meditate, the more we start to trust and listen to our feelings and make space for our feelings. We just get to know ourselves more. And I think this gift of learning to know ourselves really translates into so much beauty in the rest of our life. And the last thing I'll say about meditation, so I like to frame it in different ways versus just not having any thoughts. I think that's what scares people about meditation is when our mind starts to wander, when we get out to that place out there, like back to that visualization of a bicycle wheel, out to the rubber, out to the edge, (laughs) that's the moment that we can choose. Am I going to judge myself or am I going to be nice to myself? Because usually it's, okay, focus on your breath, focus on your breath. Oh my gosh, there's a dog barking outside. Ooh, what kind of dog is it? And whatever, your mind gets hooked and you're on thought. Oh, I'm supposed to be breathing right now. That's the moment that you can say, I'm the worst meditator ever, or, hey, come back to yourself. Hey, my love, come back to yourself. Hey, my love, come back to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen 200 times in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I like to frame it as well as it's 200 chances to practice self-love or self-judgment. And the more we start practicing compassion and self-love, that language of self-love results throughout our day. We start to change how we think and how we speak to ourselves. And I believe it's 90% of our thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday. So what a gift that in meditation, we can start speaking kinder to ourselves because we're, we're all quite critical of ourselves. We are our own worst critic. We don't have the same compassion for ourselves as we have for our best friend. We don't speak to ourselves. Hey, my love, you're doing great. We're usually like, oh God, I did it wrong or oh, fuck, yeah. I, whatever I did this. And we're, we're so judgmental uh-huh. being able to speak to ourselves with love. I like to practice that in meditation too. So, I mean, the results of that are we like ourselves more. We're kinder to ourselves. We're kinder to everybody else in our life. 
there's there's so many beautiful non-googleable results. All the other results, <laughs> lowers blood pressure, whatever, reduces anxiety, of course, of course. But the compassion practice to me is also so, so interesting. Yeah. And it's like um kind of I, I would do a lot of inner child work um yeah. with myself. And um I think that you know that that inner child work and you've probably done a lot of it through meditations and stuff yourself but it's really like about going back and and resolving you know unresolved childhood trauma which can be like childhood trauma can be anything it doesn't mean that something significantly hideous has happened in your childhood it might mean that or it might mean that you know, something normal like your pet died when you were a kid or you, you know, someone called you a name at school, you know, something like that. And it's just going back to what you had said about, um, you know, how we speak to ourselves. Um, would you speak, if, if, you, if you were looking in the mirror and instead of seeing you as you are now and you've seen a five-year-old child would you speak those words to that five-year-old child no absolutely not you would say mm. don't worry sweetheart it's okay like don't worry yeah. we'll we'll sort it out and um, at least you tried or you know so um even things like the universe doesn't have a sense of humor is what I always read so no matter what you're saying the universe will translate that quite literally so um you know a lot of the time I'm guilty if I drop something or if I make a mistake I'm like oh Carla you stupid bitch seriously you know and I do I just I'm like oh Carla honestly like and the way I speak to myself sometimes can be so yeah. I'm like if that was a kid that done that like if yeah. that was my nephew if that was my 10 year old nephew would I say yeah. that to him or would I I mean I'd probably be like oh, for God's sake <laughs> but I would be I would be like don't worry it's fine you know we'll get it sorted <laughs> so yeah. I think like your 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 uh critic and your your dialogue to yourself is definitely so important and as you say you know working through the meditations and working through the affirmation work that you also like and um, I'm sure do a lot of with your clients can really help you to understand the language that you're having with yourself mm -hmm. and even with other people. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, and as well, when you were saying about the meditation, um, you know, you've got all these thoughts and um, some of some of my teachers that, that I would work with, they, they would say, you know, don't fight with the thoughts. I actually teach this in my classes as well don't fight with the thoughts, don't try and like bat them away, just notice them, just floating mm. by like little clouds, just notice as they just float on by in the sky and let them go. Mm. And um, one of my teachers, Eleanor Steele, uh, Eleanor Steen, sorry, um, she's amazing. She always says, you know, if you are um, meditating and all these crazy thoughts are coming by, just say, here we go, that's the bar. <laughs> I'll re I'll re-record over that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she always says that Eleanor Stein always says that um, you know, notice the thoughts, notice them coming by, but then just say, "Not now, thank you. Not now." 
you know, yeah. as in, yeah. don't disturb me. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to put my meditation on. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, some really nice, nice stuff there that, that you've mentioned. Um, and what um, you've done a lot of training then as well. Um, obviously, I think like a lot of us, you know, when we're seeking that person who we can trust, um, a lot of us will look for, you know, a therapist or someone who is trained in psychology or um, you know, if you want to be that space holder for people, you think, um, well, I need to do this course and I need to do that course and I, I need to be a psychologist and I need to do this. Um, what, how did you go about your training um, so that you could be, you know, where you're at now to offer this space and coaching work for people? Yeah, I think the, I was just curious. <laughs> it was it was just curiosity and I mean I always joke when I was a journalist I got paid to be curious and paid to be nosy and with meditation because the business started out of serendipity I didn't know a lot about meditation I was always curious about it but I was very much thinking I was doing it wrong so I think most people assume I started Mala Collective because I loved meditation and mindfulness so much no I had no idea and I always assumed I was doing it wrong so much like most people that come to us I was there. So I know what that feels like. So in this, in this journey over the past 10 years, I'm so grateful and lucky. I, I mean, travel means so much to me as I, I know for many people it does, but whenever I travel, I try to learn about how do people approach meditation here? Because assuming that we're doing it wrong means there needs to be a right way. And I just don't believe that about meditation. I'm so curious about what are all the different ways people approach mindfulness and meditation? How do they incorporate that into their daily life? So the idea of taking different trainings was just to be able to approach it in different ways, like being able to offer a buffet of ideas for people. Hey, if that lands with you, beautiful, do that one. Because if it's uncomfortable, you're not going to do it. And I don't mean the resistance. Resistance comes up always. We have to work through the resistance to get to the other side. But if we truly, really don't like that practice, we're not going to come back to it. The idea of meditation is finding the one that resonates with you in that moment and doing that. Just do that one. So being able to offer different versions and variations to me is a gift because that's what I wanted. It was what I was seeking. It was my curiosity of, I wonder if there's a different approach. And the idea of also taking intuitive training, you know, during COVID, I was working with a psychoanalytical therapist. I loved it, but it's, it's quite a masculine approach, talk therapy, being able to analyze and talk about our thoughts and our feelings. So working with an intuitive coach and doing intuitive training was how do I counter that with a feminine side? How do I get into my body a little bit more? How do I get into that feminine, the divine feminine and match with the masculine? So it's, to me, it's just this curiosity of how do we reach all parts of ourselves? How do we approach it in different ways? And then how can I offer that to somebody? And again, I'll never say what's right or wrong, but I, I'm just curious. I'm always curious. I'm always wanting to learn more. And that to me was was the point of starting the business it was just curiosity. And I don't think that for me, it's not gone away. And if it went away, I'd probably be quite bored. I love yeah. being able to keep learning and taking trainings. And I'm not saying every training resonates with me either. So yeah. There were some courses where I was like, what am I doing? These people are crazy. And then by the end of the course, I'm like, oh, I love these people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I also have resistance to learning some of these things, but it's a pretty cool world to learn in. I'm really grateful to be able to take these trainings yeah. and explore. And, you know, I guess that 
synthesize information and reshare it in a way that lands with people, which I guess is also what journalism was too, you know, hearing somebody's story, being able to reshare it in a concise way that resonates with someone. So I feel like I just, I'm a, I'm a sponge and I want to soak it all up and learn all these different versions of how we connect to ourselves. You remind me of me a lot because I'm quite similar. And <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's really nice what you said about um, lots of different types of meditation um, because I don't think that people know enough about that. So, um, you know, people just assume that meditation means sitting on the floor or sitting on your meditation cushion um, in a cross-legged seat and, you know, your knees and hips get sore and your legs go dead, but you have to sit there and meditate and, you know, you have to have your hands in a mudra and, and that doesn't resonate for a lot of people. Um, and sometimes that's not, as, as we talked about before, that's not the kind of meditation that I'm interested in. And you had mentioned that I mean, it is a lot of the time, but not all the time. Sometimes my idea of meditation is going for a walk. And you had said earlier about, you know, you've got a different style of meditation for when you're in New York, you'll go walking around and, and listen to a walking meditation. Um, sometimes a walking meditation for me is not even bringing my phone or earphones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes it's lying in bed and and I would I'll lie in bed sometimes and I don't put the blinds down I just let the natural light come in and out in the mornings and I have this tree like outside my window and sometimes I just lie there and watch it and sometimes my boyfriend comes home in the evenings and he's like thinking I'm lying there looking like some sort of crazy person but it just feels nice to just lie and not have to read or write or talk or check your phone just literally look out the window and and you know yeah. that is meditation art is meditation painting is meditation running yeah. can be a meditation yeah. um and you know there's so many different types of meditation out there that's not actually known as meditation it can just be what you enjoy doing but let's talk about some of the 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 types of meditation that we can actually do that fall under the bracket of meditation in further commas yeah um so as you say you know um walk-in meditations you can have a you know seated meditation we can do uh breathing meditations like what what are some of the the meditations that you would recommend Mm -hmm. so I I think that um how can I frame this when I say I love doing walking meditations it really is just when I when I listen to my body I just know hey I need to move right now I need to go outside and move and when I do that I love what you shared about just doing that in silence you can do walking meditations, you know, in Canada, it's much easier for me to go to the mountains and be in nature in Manhattan. It's not as easy. (laughs) I can go to a park, but there's still so many people there. Oh yeah. It's, it's quite beautiful to do a walking meditation in nature. Let's say you're not listening to a guided meditation. Maybe you take your shoes off and you just walk really slowly in the grass. That can be a version of walking meditation and just breathing slowly and enjoying being in nature. That's very grounding. If you're doing a seated meditation, you know, you can sit cross-legged, grab a cushion. You know, I always say you don't actually need the products that we make to meditate. All you need is your breath. You can grab a cushion off your couch. So if you grab a cushion off your couch, you sit, sit cross-legged or you can straddle the cushion. 
with your spine straight and have your hands in your lap and follow your inhale and exhale. And I mean, that sounds so much easier than it really is because your mind's going to wander so many times. So when you're sitting there, maybe you can do some box breathing. I really like box breathing as a really easy, simple way to drop into practice. So that's inhaling for four, holding for four, exhaling for four, holding for four. And I mean, you can't see this right now because you're listening, but if you draw a box with your hands, inhale, hold, exhale, hold, that allows you to slow down and follow your breath. Another form of meditation would be mantra-based, which, which we talked about. So just slowly repeating a mantra back to yourself. So maybe it's, I am patient, I am patient, I am patient. And you can set a timer on your phone, maybe say three minutes. I think a lot of people believe that meditation needs to be 20 or 30 minutes to be effective. You can do a 16 second meditation if you want. You can do 30 seconds if you want. So repeating a mantra, it's mantra-based. I really love mindfulness meditation. That's one of the trainings I took last year around um, the Buddhist techniques of mindfulness. So, you know, we talked about mindfulness of breath, following your breath. You can do a body scan. So I like when I'm teaching meditation to drop in from head to toe. So that's, you know, softening your eyebrows, mm -hmm. relaxing your jaw, maybe roll your shoulders back, just dropping into your body, visualizing your breath, slowly like relaxing yourself from head to toe. And I also, well, I really I love- to actually hate body scans when I started my whole- um, oh like spiritual journey and yoga and meditation and stuff I can be ver a very impatient person and sometimes I'm just like I'll go to yoga and I'm like right give me the good stuff you know I've got an hour give me the good stuff and then I'm out of here and yeah. the teacher yeah. would have been like this is before I done my yoga teacher training and the teacher would be like and bring your awareness to your head and bring your awareness yeah, to your yeah. ears and every inch of your body to the tips of your toes. And it took ages. And I was like, oh, my God, just get on with it yeah. already. Yeah. But yeah. I love it now. It's actually really, really useful. Um, yeah. And it's it's well, it's yoga nidra really as well. Yeah. You know, um, bringing the awareness to all the different parts of your body but trying not to fall asleep. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's a lovely meditation. Definitely would recommend that as well. I love that. You know, I always get asked, the, the last one I'll share about is mindfulness of sound. And I love this one because most people assume that you need to be in a quiet place to meditate. And I mean, especially in New York, that place does not exist. So where that form of avoidance that we want everything to be perfect for us to meditate. If you're meditating in a noisy place, that's actually quite beautiful. What a gift because there's so many distractions. You get to really strengthen that muscle of returning to yourself, returning to yourself. Mm -hmm. But I led a meditation the other day here in New York around mindfulness of sound and allowing your mind to just hear them and notice them. And can you notice a sound further away? Can you notice a sound closer to you? It's such a beautiful practice because it shifts our perception of, these things that were maybe annoying to us now become this beautiful gift as part of your practice. It becomes, you know, it becomes a part of your breath, becomes a part of your focus that's inclusive versus, oh my goodness, it's so noisy, I can't meditate. And it's so beautiful to do maybe in the park so you can hear the leaves, you can hear birds, you can hear people laughing. If you're doing it in an apartment, you know, in a busy city, okay, you can hear horns, you can hear people talking and maybe you hear something in your apartment it becomes this inclusive experience where it's shifting it from annoyance to um, just thoughtfulness and mindfulness and awareness. So I, I love the mindfulness of sound one because I think it it 
turns on its head that it doesn't need to be perfectly quiet to meditate. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really beautiful gift to have noises. It yeah. becomes a part of your practice. So, I mean, there's so many forms. I also just love listening to guided meditations. It's a, it's a moment for me to surrender yeah. and just be held by someone's voice yeah. and finding someone's voice that you love and just going with it and surrendering to it and letting them guide you. It's, it's such a gift. I, I love, I love all of them. I mean, yeah. just choosing which mood you're in. Guided meditation is definitely like for if you're listening to this and you're thinking of starting meditation or you've tried meditation and it's not working for you, um, but you wanted to and you want to keep giving it another go, I would definitely say that guided meditation is a great place to start. And there's so much out there with you know, on YouTube, I actually always refer back to YouTube quite a bit um, for like, it's free, you know, so if you're, if you're listening and you just want to do like a quick five, 10 minute meditation and, um, but maybe you're so monkey minded at that time that you just need to be, as you say, guided um, and maybe you need someone just to basically hold your hand and take you on this meditation and sometimes if you need that support but you kind of just try and dive in yourself you end up just sitting there and thinking mentally having a to-do list for 10 minutes so it is nice to have the guidance and so I definitely recommend that and there's there's lots of there's lots of stuff out there that that you can use Um, and obviously you would do a lot of meditation meditation work as well and um, I do have one on the on the podcast but it's definitely an area that I need to build up a wee bit more but um what I maybe would love for you to do at the at the end if you wanted um for people listening um would be maybe to to do like a little five minute guided meditation at the very end of course and um and you know so now you know that everybody knows that they have something to look forward to at the end you can do a little a little guided five minute meditation if you want and um we're live recording now so you know that can be something that you can record after and send on to me it doesn't have to be on this call but whatever we, we also have a lot of free meditations I really believe in the education of what we're doing and we have a ton of free guided meditations on our website so I can also share a link with you yeah that um, would be great yeah yeah, yeah perfect and um, yeah, and uh, the the other thing I was gonna was gonna ask you about was um, just to go back and talk a wee bit about resistance. So you'd you talked a bit before about resistance, and I think that that is you know unless you're reading books about resistance and about change and about creativity and about spiritual you know whatever. Um, you just think that when this resistance comes up, you don't know what it is, but you just think that it's your gut telling you that this isn't right. And sometimes it's just actually you resisting what you actually need. Um, so how can we kind of acknowledge that resistance and notice that, okay, I'm going to tap in and listen to this and, and see what comes up. What, what would you say around that? Oh, I think this is such a good topic. Thank you for asking that. I, I can give it, I'm going to give a good example of this because I am so guilty of this. And I 
actually had a teacher tell me that I was doing it. Uh, but because we can justify, we can justify asking a lot of questions. So my example is I was on a yoga retreat in India and I really, really wanted to understand uh, whatever we were talking about. So I kept asking questions, kept asking questions, just avoiding doing the meditation. And the teacher finally said, Ashley, this is just avoidance. Just do the practice. We'll talk about it after. Do the practice. And it was because my analytical mind needed something to hook into so that I could surrender and do it. But it's this practice of, I don't need to fully understand what I'm doing. I don't need the analytical mind to have, you know, this grounded place. Pima Chodron is this beautiful Tibetan Buddhist monk. And I always listen to her audiobooks and teachings. And I, I really love the, the mindfulness in Buddhism. I'm not religious, but I, I really love those teachings. I think they're so beautiful. And being able to be ungrounded is, is such a hard thing for us. We need to be rooted in something. Our analytical mind needs something to hook into. And that's what I was doing versus being able to just be okay with not knowing. And that's, I mean, that's everything in life, being okay with not knowing, being okay with not knowing. We think we know things. We think we have this false sense of security of grounding, but really, you know, I mean, COVID taught us, we don't, we don't know what's next. We don't know what's next. We don't know what's happening next mm -hmm. and being okay with that uncertainty. So I think that that, that is an example of avoidance is I needed to know, I needed to know, I needed to control. And the difference between, you know, the difference between, in my experience, resistance, if you, if you even reframe resistance as avoidance, you know, when, you know, back in school, when you had to do an essay or had this project to do, I'm going to actually clean the floorboards right now. I'm going to clean the dishes. I'm going to do the laundry. I'm going to anything that we can justify, but I do need to do that. So I'm going to do it right now instead of doing this project I don't want to do. That's avoidance. That's resistance manifesting in ways that we can justify. Whereas when we're uncomfortable, you know, if you're sitting in meditation, your leg hurts. Yeah. Okay. Just move, just sit in a different way. But if you don't want to do the practice, because as you said, like, you know, this intuitive hit comes up, is it fear? Is that fear speaking to you or is it your intuition? And I think the more that we meditate, the more we start to learn the difference between them. Is it fear? Is it intuition? And in my experience, in my understanding, intuition will never speak to you in a negative way. Intuition speaks to you in a really positive, loving way. Hey, my love, go left. Hey, my love, try this versus fear. Don't do that. That's wrong. That's bad. That's fear. Fear and intuition are two very different voices. Intuition is compassionate and loving and kind. So when you start to drop into your body more, when you start to drop into your practice more, you'll notice, you'll start to notice the difference between fear and intuition. Because I think many of us listen to that fear and say it's intuition and we justify decisions, but they're really fear-based and fear, fear-led. So when we're starting something like a meditation practice, we already don't really want to do it because it's already deeply uncomfortable. Sitting and listening to our thoughts is so uncomfortable. There's a reason people don't like doing it. And I don't, I don't love doing it every day either. There's days where I don't want to be doing it. That's normal. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but the, the practice is still showing up. So the resistance would be, oh, I don't want to do it today. My leg hurts. Okay, well then lay down. <laughs> find, find something to course correct that thing that you're using as your justification to not do it. Versus, um, I mean, I could, I could talk about this all day. The more you practice, the more you start to realize Am I just resisting the practice right now? Am I just uncomfortable? And can I get through that discomfort? And when we work through that discomfort and get to the other side, there's so much beauty there. There's so much beauty there. And that's 
my favorite book, we were talking about books earlier, is The War of Art. And he talks about this so beautifully, how resistance manifests in our life. It's such a fantastic read. You can read it in a day. It's a very short book. I read it like six times a year. It's, it's a really quick read and it's on my bedside table always. It is so funny. I've never read a book and laughed at almost every line and thought, oh my goodness, this person's in my head. This person's in my brain. This book is written for me. And all of the ways in which we justify resistance through sex, through shopping, through cooking, through eating, through cleaning, all these things. Like I really wanted to practice um, being in love. So I'm going to go on this date, even if I really didn't want to, instead of doing my meditation, or instead of doing writing this book, or, you know, it really talks about creativity and all the ways that we avoid doing the work and just showing up and doing the work. And that's really all it comes down to. And I mean, it's so easy to do. It's so easy not to do. It's just showing up to do the work, whether that means if you're writing something, if you're painting something, if you're sitting in meditation, we avoid what we know is good for us. I don't know why we just do that. It's human nature. Yeah, I do. think it's, <laughs> you know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it so beautifully in big magic that um I'm not sure if you've read that book. It's so beautiful. I love yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, she's just a, a gem. So I, I'm I'm a huge fan of understanding why we avoid and still showing up anyway, even if it's uncomfortable. But listening to that voice, is this uncomfortable because I just don't want to do it? <laughs> or is it uncomfortable because, you know, I really, it hurts or something. So that's why, that's also why I like to learn about different ways to meditate because if that one really doesn't resonate with you, if you really, really, truly hate body scans, then don't do it because you're not going to keep doing it. Yeah. If you really love sound baths, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that one. Mm -hmm. It's finding what clicks and resonates for us and still showing up and working through the blocks and the resistance. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how we strengthen that muscle, continuing to come back and doing the work in any form of creativity, in any form. And we all know what we should do, <laughs> but we very, we very rarely do it. And so it's, just strengthening that muscle of showing up for your future self, showing up for that future you that you want to become and doing that work so that you can step into that version of yourself that you truly cannot wait to be. Um, so I, I like to look at it that way as well. I'm practicing for my future me. Yeah. And also I think a lot of people will go to meditation because they're maybe like completely at their you know wits end and they're feeling so horrible and they're not thinking about the future they just need an immediate uh, sense of feeling soothed and held um, and I think that that obviously a lot of the work that you do is about helping people realize their potential and 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 all that but as well meditation um can be just to to help someone find the mental space to just rest their their mind and and just to just be which is you know sometimes um when I teach yoga at the beginning of the practice um I and a lot of uh, other yoga teachers will say you know set an intention for your practice and sometimes setting that intention for your practice can be um, you know, you're going to move and, and, and breathe and, and set your intention for the hour to hour and a half of your practice on something that you're working on big in your life. You know, maybe it's a, a relationship that needs solved, or maybe it's a, um, you're working towards uh, building courage or strength mentally. 
um, or maybe it's like a new job or a life change, or maybe you're trying to release something, but also it's important to, that I say to people that maybe you're just here to relax, or maybe you're just here because you, you want to stretch your hamstrings, you know, that's okay. You don't have to have this big grand, you know, plan. You can, you can just do the meditation or the yoga because, because that's what you need right now in this moment. And I think as well, you know, being, um, being a cyclic woman monthly and being a a cyclic uh, man daily. So, us women will have our monthly cycles and the men will have their daily cycles um, and that that'll be the the movement and fluctuation of hormones throughout the day for men and throughout the month for women and I think that what you say about you know meditation and different types of meditation on different days you might feel a wee bit more energized and you might feel a bit lower different days and you know you'll need different things on different days I think that if you're a woman, particularly that tracks your cycle or you're, uh, you know, in that kind of mindset of, you know, that you need to relax more during when your period's coming or you need to do more when you're feeling a bit more energized, like after your period, mm-hmm. then you choose meditations um, that complement your energy throughout your cycle or if you're a woman who doesn't bleed throughout the phases of the moon you know so that you know what meditations you might need to bring you to call you a little bit more inward and what meditations you might need when you're feeling a lot more yang in your cycle so mm-hmm. um the the box breathing um or you know the the more kind of powerful uh, meditations um, you might need when your mind just simply won't stop <laughs> um so yeah I think it's just about as well getting to know yourself and um and and as you say knowing kind of what you need and just tapping into your energy so thanks for yeah. sharing that that's really nice that's really nice and um also wanted to ask you to touch um on creativity if you could Mm. so creativity is such a spiritual practice and I didn't really acknowledge that before until kind of more in in recent times um Mm -hmm. and I feel like and you've touched on it a little bit as well you know with people feeling stuck and not really knowing how to channel their 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 kind of thoughts and their ideas and things like yeah. that but the 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 creativity work itself it is so important um because it can help us to move beyond that feeling of feeling stuck mm-hmm. getting some clarity and then putting our thoughts into actions and manifesting and and then from that, we feel fulfilled and then we think, you know, we feel more purposeful and we find our life purpose. Mm-hmm. And then we just feel a lot more um, open and flourished. So either maybe you've got some advice around uh, creativity or tapping into that, or maybe you could tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you do in that area. Yeah, I think that I think it's a beautiful reflection first for everyone to ask themselves when do I feel most creative 
I think everybody feels it and receives it and expresses it so differently. Um, I know for myself, I feel really creative in the mornings. I feel more creative after meditation. I feel creative when I'm traveling and I get new perspective. And when I'm really humbled and somewhere uncomfortable, I get really creative. I also feel creative in nature. So, I mean, there's so many versions of creativity, but I also believe that when I was referencing big magic earlier and the Stephen Pressfield book, the war of art, they both talk about this. It's continually showing up for yourself and every day, every day sitting down, I'm going to be creative. If it, if it hits today, it hits today. If it doesn't, that's okay. That's not a judgment on myself, but it's, as I was talking about meditation earlier, building up this trust with yourself I love this idea that we are building up this trust with creativity to flow through us or not flow through us. And I, I feel through meditation, we are strengthening this ability to drop into ourselves, to receive messages, to be more intuitive, to allow this creativity to flow through us. We are open to receiving. We are open to channeling. We are opening ourselves to create. And I think showing up for yourself continually in a way that you know activates that creativity. So if you know that you're really creative in nature, how can you be in nature more? If you know that you're really creative in the mornings, how can you shift your morning routine a little bit to create some space for yourself in the mornings? So I have my morning routine that I do most mornings and I allow time for creativity. And then the rest of the day, it gets busy, 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 busy. It's hard to be creative in between those moments of hustle and rush. So how do you create spaciousness and time for yourself? And I think that lends itself so beautifully to meditation because that's what you're doing. You're creating spaciousness, you're creating time and being able to allow time for creativity after meditation for me works really well. So I do my morning routine. I, you know, have my coffee or my tea, do my meditation, whether that's walking or sitting. And then I journal and I do a gratitude journaling practice. And then I go into reflective journaling. And then I have a space of time, half an hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour where I do strategy or creativity work. And that for me is not every day. That's not great every day. <laughs> Stuff were all right. And I'm like, that was garbage, but I still did it. I still showed up and I got it out and I practiced the creativity. There's mornings where it flows beautifully and there's moments where it doesn't. And that's the practice, again, very much like meditation. You just show up, you keep showing up every day for yourself and for your future self. So I find those flow states of creativity, Stephen Pressfield, again, they, he talks about it, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it, showing up every day at the same time at the same desk, if it hits you or not, you're there. You're there to receive it, you're open to receiving, but you're building trust with the universe, you're building trust with the muse, with the creativity, with the idea, hey, I'm here, I'm ready for you to flow through me. Whenever you're ready, mm -hmm. I've got you. I am the vessel to be this creative soul and receive and be the medium to get it out there. But if we don't show up, if we don't build that trust when, and we don't build that space, when will creativity flow? I mean, we, we've all had those moments where something hits us. It strikes us. What a great feeling. What a beautiful feeling. But I feel that it happens more when we're more spacious, when we're more aware, when we're more intentional. And it can definitely be frustrating when we're really intentional. We're trying to be creative and it's just not flowing. That's still just like having a meditation with really busy mind. That's just part of it those days happen. So I, I used to think I wasn't creative. Um, I used to think I was too analytical to be creative. And I feel the more I've leaned into my feminine side, we all have masculine and feminine within us. 
the more I've surrendered and settled and allowed ease. I always joke that I worked really, really hard to allow myself to have ease and intuition. <laughs> it's like forcing this, this surrendering. Um, but because I, I spent so much in the masculine, I've spent so much time and energy running a business, scaling a business, being a boss, doing these analytical masculine tasks to settle and surrender into the feminine was a practice that I was really, really committed to. And I feel now, okay, I'm here. I can go between both with a bit more ease and flow. And I love that. And I feel when I'm in that feminine side, oh, okay, I can settle into the creativity. Not that there's not creativity in the masculine. For me, I like to tap into it when I'm a bit more open, a bit more settled, a bit more feminine. Oh, okay, I can receive now and I can share now. So yeah. I think that, yeah, that's lovely. And and you'd kind of touched on it earlier as well. And um I I'm now remembering um what you'd you'd said earlier about kind of moving through life and and you know the pace and and something along those lines that made me think about um when we don't stop and listen to the feminine and listen to our voices and trust our intuition and stop and reflect and be aware just be aware just to bring awareness to what we're actually doing like I'm lifting this glass and I'm taking a drink of water or I'm driving in my car and I've just drove past all these shops that I maybe didn't even see because we go through life in autopilot um, yeah. unless we stop and meditate and make space to show up continuously for ourselves um, to journal, to, to be aware, to breathe, to move, to do all these things. It, it it's scary to think it's scarier to not do these things because you know that's that's why people get to a stage in life where they're like oh my god I'm you know this age now and where did my life go and I didn't stop and I just went with haste and you know and and when we reevaluate down the line and then it's a lot more scary I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying but yeah um, you know, I think um, I think the pausing and the reflecting and bringing awareness to what you're actually doing can be um, can just get us out of that state of being an autopilot, you know, and and help us to just flourish. And I I always say it to like friends and and family and stuff, you know, even in terms of like something slightly off topic, but. Um, Eckhart Tolle um, talks about it a little bit in The Power of Now, um, which is another great book, actually. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, he talks about, you know, that we do stuff in our sleep as a, you know, terminology. We move through life, but we're not actually aware or conscious of anything that we're doing, of any decisions mm. that we're making. We... Uh, we get married in our sleep you know we get married because we think naturally that's the next thing to do when you're in a relationship mm. you know we have kids because we think well I have to because you know I'm married we mm. we do all these things without actually stopping and thinking do I actually want to get married do I actually want to have kids is this the life I want and I think that 
when you stop and think and become aware and make decisions because they're the right decisions for you, that that really is the key to success and happiness. And I think that meditation, creative work, journaling and really tapping into yourself is the, the gateway to, to get there. Yeah, I agree. Beautifully said. Thanks. <laughs> I think um, I think we've talked about a lot of really lovely stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that if anything, this conversation will hopefully help some people and, you know, help them to maybe give meditation a try and encourage them to reach out to yourself or me or whoever to ask advice on different types of meditation maybe that they can try or or creative work um yeah what uh, maybe one last question I'll ask um is there you know what what's the best advice maybe that you've ever been given or what big piece of advice would you give to anybody listening who maybe just feels I don't know, a bit lost or is listening. I mean, anybody who's listening to this wants to, to learn about mm. meditation. So um, is there anything that you would, would say other than maybe, you know, mm. open your mind a little bit more and, and open yourself up a little bit more to this work and, and maybe try different types of meditations and see how you go? Yeah, I mean... It's quite funny. I actually hate giving advice and I hate receiving advice. <laughs> I feel like it's so triggering to me because I feel like advice puts you in this position where I know more than you and I don't know more than you. I don't know your human experience more than you do. And when someone gives me advice, I, I shut down immediately because they don't know my life better than I do. So, I mean, I can, I can frame it as I'm a big fan of experience shares and, and learning from people's experiences. And people can take whatever they want from an experience and apply it to their life in whatever way suits them. So I would say rather than advice, I can share like one of my biggest learnings in this journey in the past 10 years is, and we were talking about this before we started recording, we often give our power away to people thinking that other people know more than us. And that's a very feminine trait. And I did that for years in business thinking I'm not good enough to run this business I was a journalist. Who am I to run a business? Who am I to do this? I have no idea what I'm doing. And I was, I was very, very, very overwhelmed with fear and self-doubt and so much um, not enoughness. It's all I thought was I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And it was so lonely. It was so overwhelming. And I looked to everybody else around me, assuming that they could do a better job than me instead of owning my power that actually I was enough and I am enough. That enoughness, I've gotten there through meditation, through journaling, through hiring coaches, through having therapists, through talking to friends, through having peer mentors. And I'm not saying I now believe I fully am enough. That is, that would be cool. <laughs> I think that's part of the journey is that every time we level up, we're going to have a fear that we are not enough. But I feel like that's part of the growth is that I don't like using the word should or need, but we should continually feel that because that means we're pushing new boundaries and pushing new experiences. Now I know a little bit better when that spiral starts to come, I'm not enough. I can close that loop. I can speak to myself with a bit more love and kindness a bit quicker rather than spiraling for three days. Okay, in three minutes, 
get up, go for a walk, put your shoes on, go do some journaling, go do a meditation, call a friend, whatever it is that I need to get out of that spiral, I can do that sooner. But what I wish for myself in this moment, what I wish for my younger self, my future self is this reminder that I am enough, that all of those things I am seeking and everybody else I already have within me. It's just believing that I have that. And I can touch into that through meditation because I'm creating this space for that enoughness to come forward. So when I'm teaching meditation and I'm asking people to choose an affirmation, I am, and choose the word that comes to you, know that you already have that. And through meditation and through breath, we're simply creating space to bring that intention and that quality within ourselves forward. I just wish I knew that a bit sooner. And there's days where I don't believe that. There's days where I'm like, oh, I'm not enough. But there's days where, hey, Ashley, you are enough. And I love you and you've got this. So I wish that, I wish that for everyone we would own how powerful we are, which I mean is so much easier said than done. Oh my God. So just knowing, knowing that enoughness is, it's a practice. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if that totally answers oh, the I advice, know. but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I know what you mean about advice because um, I would have a lot of conversations with friends and stuff, you know, friends who are going through breakups and friends who like ha- are going through similar breakups, maybe um that what I've been through or you know different life scenarios and they'll ask you know what do you what do you think and all this naturally as humans we do that I do it too like what do you think or what like I recently changed my Instagram name um and I was like asking everyone like what do you think does that look stupid and I'm like oh my god just chill you're literally giving yourself anxiety but I um my I would say to my friends like my closest friends my biggest piece of advice to you is don't ever take advice from anybody including me. <laughs> you know don't ever take advice from anyone because only you know only you know like only you can make the decision it's your life so um I think that that's like a a really important thing to highlight but again through the meditation work and stuff can help you to tap into your intuition and um you just you just have to do the work you do you just have to show up and do the work yeah um, and speaking of work and um, speaking of showing up and doing the work um you know people obviously choose to work with you for a reason um and to connect with you for a reason um you're amazing thank you so much for coming on um and sharing some of your your uh, your work and and um how you think and you know how you go about your life is is really interesting and I'm sure you've already helped some people um you've said a few things that have that have helped me um I loved what you said about giving your power away to other people and that feeling of you know enoughness that really really resonates with me so thank you um so tell tell me and tell everybody listening um where they can find you online and also if you wouldn't mind um I know you've got a lot of free meditations that people can can use and and get a little flavor of you as well tell us a bit about that yeah of course I mean so first for our business for Mala Collective you can just message us on Instagram or on malacollective.com we're a small team we read every message and we love 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 hearing from people when they are going through you know what intention should I set what crystals for me which mala is best for this part of my life love that journey. And I love being able to connect with people on that. So reach out to us there. My personal Instagram is Ashley underscore underscore Ray. I know that you'll link it. So 
you'll find it in the notes. Um, but you can reach out to me anytime. I love hearing from people. I love receiving emails or notes about meditation. I share a lot on Instagram about the meditations that I'm doing. I share a lot of links. Um, we have a really beautiful reset series on um, Mala Collective. It's free. It's a five-part series. We have an I'm Enough series, a 21-day meditation series. It's free. Um, so you can find both of those on the Mala Collective website or just message me or message the Mala Collective Instagram account. Um, but yeah, I, I love being able to share the, the human experience behind it, the guided meditations. And of course, I love our products. But again, you don't need them to meditate. But if they resonate with you and they inspire you, beautiful. We're here. Great. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And then we'll, I'll cut off there. And um, <clears throat> sorry, do you know what? I'm actually going to go back and I'll um, I'll cut out the um, the bit where I'd asked you to do uh, my guided meditation um, because I just actually wanted to ask you that. Um, yeah, yeah. It, just in case you wanted to do it. But it does make sense to just link people through to where they already yeah. exist. Yeah, I think. and they're they're really nice meditations. They're edited yeah. beautifully. They're they're really great. I really like those ones. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Awesome. Thank you. Great questions. Thank you. That was awesome. really nice. Do you know what? It was yeah. lovely to talk to you. Um, the it it's nice, you know, the to speak with people and where the conversation just yeah. naturally flows. And yeah. um, yeah. that was definitely the case with you. Like I genuinely felt so confident in if when I asked you a question that you knew what was if I needed to go and close the door or literally go for a walk that you would have kept going so I was like hey <laughs> so thank you so much um, yes, thank and you. um honestly like any um if there's ever any work that you want to do again in the future I would love um I would love to get involved um I think yeah. it would be nice to maybe get you on to Instagram live for a little oh yeah for sure a if you wanted um when do you want to post this? So once I have your uh, little promo video, or if you can't be bothered with that, we can do some photos um, and your bio, then I can complete the, uh, your bio would be great because then I'll complete the introduction mm -hmm. recording mm -hmm. with that and then I'll put it all together. And then um, I can... I mean, I could have this posted in the next couple of days. If, but if you want oh, to okay. hold off, then is there a specific date that suits you? No, no. I was just wondering. I have Ayla can send you photos and bio. I mean, what I think would be really great in total transparency next week. I am it at TED Talks like all week, and I'm teaching meditation like after there from seven a.m. till eleven p.m. every day. So it's okay. like next week is a total write off for me. Okay. I'm traveling to Palm Springs. I'm setting up a meditation. Like it's, it's a lot. The following week I'm back in Vancouver. So what I think would be cool is if for the promo, if you use photos and the bio and then like a day, the day that it drops, we can do an Instagram live or I can do a reel or something for you, but I would need it to be after next week because next week's just a little bit full on. That's cool. Yeah. yeah okay. Beautiful. Yeah. So I think um, if, if you can, uh yeah get um Ala, Ayla, Ala. yeah I'll ask her right now yeah I'll yeah. message her right now uh, forward me images and bio and then I can go ahead Beautiful. and get everything literally ready to drop and then yes um, 
we can launch it with a with an Instagram live Q&A that Beautiful. I'll just yeah. if you want to get in touch with me whenever you are back in Vancouver and settled then we can we can uh, I can do I would just like a few days notice to let people know yeah. we'll be coming on to do the Q&A yeah. and um obviously from Mala Collective point of view you've got like a lot of followers so it would be great to, if you could maybe do a little promo on that to say yeah. follow yeah we'll share for sure and and we'll be doing an instagram live on x day at next time or whatever um Perfect. yeah just to get the people to watch um but yeah that sounds great thank you so much yes thank you and have a great traveling. evening yeah thank what's you. that safe traveling hope you have fun oh, thank you i hope so too i'm I'm ready. I'm so ready. So yeah, this is yeah. great. This is beautiful. Thank you for the great combo. Have a wonderful night. Have a Thank good weekend. You. Bye. Bye.